podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you want interesting and entertaining debate on the Premier League and other English leagues, but from a show that doesn't take itself too seriously, then check out The Whistleblowers. It's a weekly football podcast hosted by me. I used to play football, Martin Gritton, uh, stand-up Mark Smith when he can, and music manager Gareth Dobson, who uh, always has plenty of good chat, being a Spurs fan. Um, we basically get football writers in to have a chat as well and we talk about the stories that matter in English football whether it's on the pitch or off it it's free to listen to iTunes, Acast Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts Uh, or you can download the Whistleblowers app and follow us on Twitter at Football Podcast Cheers Welcome to the Man City Show it's Nigel Rothband back in the chair so Pep Guardiola has made his worst start to a league season for 12 years I'm looking forward to this one. And to my free guest this week, welcome back to a man from Kent who now resides in the fabulous city of Salford. Welcome back, Joe Doherty. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Hi, Nigel. Not too bad, mate. And you? Yeah, good, thank you. I'm mean, just checking. You are a man of Kent and not a Kentish man. I think I'm right in saying that. Aren't yeah, I? I'm absolutely correct. South of the Medway. Very good. Good man. Uh, and two Mancunians, one from the north of the city, uh, first of all, welcome to Tony Newgrosh. Hi, Tony. I'm from the south of the city, actually. Just checking, you see. Right, two from the south, then. <laughs> I got that wrong. And uh, my, my good friend, also from the south, to Rob Bear and CTID. Welcome back, Rob. Good to see you. Hi, Nigel. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Listen, guys, let's start with Pep Guardiola. Um, we often talk about players losing form and players making mistakes and not being match fit, but rarely do we talk about managers in the same vein. So, so, so I guess my first question is, is Pep getting it wrong at the moment, whether it's his selection or his, his tactics? Joe, Joe, do you want to kick us off on this one? Is Pep getting it wrong? Is he to blame in, in some way? I think he is, to be honest. I think the tactics he's playing are very... They're quite negative compared to the tactics we were playing perhaps a year, two, three years ago when we were dominating teams every week. You know, we were we were very much playing with one holding midfielder and two attacking midfielders with a great amount of freedom who play off each other so well that it didn't even matter in one of the seasons when the best of those, which is De Bruyne, was injured. But at the moment, we are constantly playing two defensive-minded midfielders against teams that we shouldn't need to do it against. And it's the style of play, as well as the results, are suffering because not only are we dropping points to teams we really shouldn't be, we're not dropping them because we've had a bad day at the office, we've hit the post five times or whatever. We're not creating chances. The the fear looks like it's gone. And if you're West Ham or whoever else and you're looking at our midfield and, you know, there's not two players who are going to run rings around you. There's Rodri, who I'm starting to think is Javi Garcia, Mark II, and Gundogan, who I think is good, but you know, he doesn't strike fear into the opposition. You're not going to be scared of playing City. And these teams are coming at us and we're dropping points. I think that Pep's stubbornness is really showing through, which has always been the case. But in the past, he was getting it right. And now it's getting quite depressing to watch, really. Tony, Pep's stubborn and it's depressing to watch. Is that how you see it as well? Blimey. Uh, it, I think it'd be fair to say it's been fairly frustrating for us all. These are games we could and should have won. Yes, it's it's all a little bit glacial in the middle of the pitch at the moment, isn't it? And uh, I would like to see far more urgency and far more sense of leadership both on and off the pitch. Is it Pep's fault? I don't know. Clearly, 
injuries have played a key part in this, and unquestionably there are players out there who aren't fully fit. Sergio only managed 45 minutes and even then didn't overly impress. So, listen, I think Pep's more than earned the benefit of a doubt, but um, I sincerely hope we'll kick on at this point. Let's put it that way. Uh, and Rob, what's your view of Pep then and what's going on at the moment? I think it's pathetic, the criticisms of Pep, and I don't include Joe in this, who's a very savvy guy and very loyal, but, you know, Pep is a great coach, and if we win our game in hand, then we go two points off the top of the league. And all this stuff about uh, not creating chances, Sterling missed more chances than I've had hot dinners in the last couple of games. It's not Pep's responsibility to score goals. It's his responsibility to put people in the positions where where they can do that. Now, I think there are some structural issues about the replenishing of the, the spine of the team, which we all know about. You know, we don't, we can't rely on Aguero. We lost company. We don't have Fernandinho's gone. Those, those issues don't just go away by a team selection. That's really the core of the team. And if there's, a, if there's one criticism of, of Pep that I would make, because he's a coach, not a, not a guard, you know, he's been quite conservative in who he brings into the team on the grounds of youth and on the grounds of new signings. It, it's interesting. I, 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 I tend to sit in your camp, Rob. I have to say, I think people shouldn't underestimate you know the the situation that city find themselves in there's a delayed start they haven't had a break we've had a number of injuries uh, yeah. covid has uh, covid also has kind of attacked the team as well so i think i think and you should say we win our game in hand then we're in a pretty good situation so so if you're on reflection joe do you think you've been a bit harsh there do you want to come back and uh, defend yourself slightly on your criticism of pep Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever, I don't think it's Pep's fault entirely. Like Rob said, I think that Sterling is largely to blame and the, the things he did, which much I think Sterling's an excellent player, the mistakes he made in that game with those chances are, are and have been typical of him throughout his whole career. I've always said he's an excellent footballer, probably one of the best young talents this country's produced. But if you give him more than three seconds to think of something in front of goal, he won't score. I think that's a flaw in his game that we've seen there for a while. Um, I, I don't blame Pep entirely for what's happened. And I do, I, I can see watching the games that he, he doesn't, you know, he's not doing this deliberately. He wants to win. He wants us to be great. And I think he's doing everything with the right intentions. I just don't understand why he's being so persistent with this whole, and it's not just after the West Ham game, in generally, with this whole, with how he's styling the midfield. I said on Saturday, why has it had to take De Bruyne being injured for Bernardo Silva to play in centre midfield again? When we saw two years ago, he played in centre midfield every week and he won player of the season. I, I don't understand why that didn't become the base of something we build upon and, you know, create a team around. What frustrates me most is... is we talked about Sterling. He's not a finisher, as Joe said, and he's certainly not a captain either. There's that lack of leadership. At the end of the day, the players have to solve these problems during the game. Pep leads by his passion rather than, than a sense of fear. Um, and I just don't see on the pitch at the moment anyone sort of figuratively dragging these players along and grabbing them by the metaphorical throat and saying, we are going to win this game. We are going to find that solution rather than 
passing the ball to death and in the 91st minute realising it's not working. So surprised he didn't make any changes. But as I say, clearly he had issues concerning um, De Bruyne. He's clearly not fully fit at the moment and he's very mindful. We've got a big game coming up this weekend and further fixtures very shortly thereafter. Sure. Before we move off, Pet Rob, can I just come back to you just with one other question? And that's kind of the, the contract talks as well. And I wonder whether that's having any influence at all. As we know, his contract ends, of course, summer 2021. Uh, it's sort of on the horizon. Do you think that's playing a part at all? And, and, and what do you think is going to happen in those talks? Well, we know that, first of all, that Pep has stayed longer at City than he's stayed anywhere else. Secondly, the way he talks, to me, and I'm, I have no inside track on this, suggests to me that he will extend one more time. Maybe it will only be for a year, but I don't think he will go at the end of this season. I may be completely wrong. But he doesn't talk like that. He talks positively about needing to prove, uh, prove himself like everybody else, and, and that's very positive. So I... I don't see that as a problem at the moment. I think they're journalists who are like vultures looking for some way of attacking Pep, uh, and, and that's, that's one of the issues. You know, if you look in the context of this, what, what's going on at the moment? City are playing half a game, not a whole 90 minutes. They're missing chances, and they have injuries. Well, isn't that what happened last season to some extent? No, this is not new. Can we talk about one particular player then who, who did seem to make an impact? We'll, we'll, we'll move off Pep and, and try and get onto the playing staff. And that's young Phil Foden who came on, Joe, and, and made a real difference at the weekend. Rob's already said we did same same thing happened against Porto as well, of course, when he played in one half of that game as well, of course. Uh, but Phil Foden did make a difference, didn't he? I thought he was excellent when he came on. First thing he did, it wasn't so much, obviously he made a very quick impact with the goal, but you could just look at him. Look at him. You could see his movement as soon as he came on, constantly running about the pitch, asking for the ball, getting himself in the right positions, getting the ball, running forward, looking for the positive pass. And it was just what we'd missed so much in that first half. I mean, you can speak in hyperbole and say, oh, we ran more than the whole team put together. But it really did feel like that watching the game. Um, and honestly, in the first half, apart from Cancelo, actually, who I thought was very impressive, no one really looked like they wanted the ball or to make anything happen. And Foden was just just the breath of fresh air we needed as soon as he came up. And you almost felt like it was inevitable he was going to do that because he always brings a great amount of energy and bottle to a game, even if the team isn't really on it, like they weren't on, on um, Saturday. And it was just so... It's so beautiful to watch really him coming on and really just constantly looking for the most positive passages of play he could bring into the team. He's got to be a start, hasn't he, for the next game, Tony? You would have thought, Foden? Made a difference, doesn't oh, he? Yeah, 100%. As Joe said, he was a breath of fresh air. He just injected that urgency. He looked like he wanted the ball all the time and he's just a pleasure to watch and that's, that's what we want as fans, isn't it? Just somebody who has that pride you know it, it just it was just sadly lacking on Saturday and I'm somewhat very much between our two other guests tonight and a little frustrated you know 
is the glass half full or half empty? We've only had one defeat this season. We've only conceded more than one goal once this season. We win our game in hand. As Rob said, we're right up there and it's a league we can win. But it's not been good enough so far, really. And I hope once players get fit, things will change. But yeah, build the team around Foden, quite frankly. He'll do me. How good is Foden, Rob? You've seen a few City players over the years. Where, where do you rate Foden? Well, he's, he's as good as Neil Young was at, at his age. And uh, I, I thought Neil Young should have played for England. I mean, Foden twice now has turned uh, the game round in a way that is to our great advantage. And he, he is it's paying dividends that he's getting reg, regular opportunity to play. So that's very good. Uh, I think he's wonderful. I've always thought that. Um, I, I mean, the puzzle to me is Cancelo, uh, who had a dreadful first half against Porto. I mean, he really was awful. And then he improved dramatically, and then he had a good game on Saturday. So, yeah, they, they, they're not consistent at the moment, and that may be because there wasn't a pre-season. And what about De Bruyne then? You can kick us off on this, Rob, as well. I mean, obviously, had, had an injury on international duty, came back, wasn't quite up to pace, but also made a bit of a difference and was sort of starting to sort of push the ball around, but in a way that we haven't, haven't necessarily, necessarily seen in the first half. He looked as though he could be a difference as well. If he could get back to full fitness quickly, could make a difference for us. We, we know that he's a great player. We know he's one of the best players in Europe. Everyone says that. And when he came on in the second half, my goodness me, it showed. I mean, he, you know, he was, he was tentative about, about coming back. But he is sheer class. And finding someone to replace him is well nigh, well nigh impossible. So the challenge is to keep him fit and not to rush him uh, too quickly to, to, to playing a lot of games. Uh, Tony, we touched on Sergio as well. I, I think he's having a scan on a hamstring. So again, it was the knee before, and now the hamstring. And obviously, in the autumn of his career, um, we we have missed him, haven't we? And, and it looks like we're going to miss him for for a little bit longer now. Your your reflections on the Sergio situation? It's very sad, isn't it? Um, he clearly needs a few games to get up to full fitness, and he's not going to get that. He's, he's joined the Benjamin Mendy School of Fitness, it would appear, unfortunately, and I don't think we can rely on him um, to be a regular starter. He's, he's only played in fits and starts over the past few seasons, but boy, do we miss him and, and just someone who's a natural finisher up front. Joe, we're still vulnerable at the back as well, aren't we? Uh, we've talked about uh, Sergio, we've talked about Foden in the midfield and, and your views of the two holding defensive midfielders. Let's talk about our defence then, because uh, it was a fantastic goal. You, you, you can't take that away. Um, oh, in, in terms of Antonio's, you know, really showed his class and, and, and it was unstoppable. But defensively, we still look vulnerable, don't we? Well, I think it was a brilliant goal, first of all. I think that Antonio is always going to be a real handful to play against. No, he really impressed me. I think he's always been a bit of an underrated player at West Ham. He's been there a while, and I'm surprised he hasn't had more chance on the national team. But to answer your question, in the defence, you know what? I'm, this, this might sound really strange, but I'm not... like They weren't brilliant against Porto, and they weren't brilliant. But it's not there where I've been too worried, to be honest. I, I really like the look of Diaz. Um, I think that he 
he's shown for someone who's only what is he 23 24 he shows a lot of leadership and maturity already and i think we're we're really on to something with him and obviously garcia i'm not too impressed with garcia and i, I don't understand why we're playing someone who doesn't want to be there you know the, the, my, my real feeling on saturday was there were too many people not playing to the shirt but then garcia we know doesn't particularly want to be at City anymore so I don't you almost don't blame him but I'm not too worried about the defence purely because it is short term injuries that are holding us back there and you know we will have Nathan Ake and Laporte back probably in the next couple of weeks and I'm very I'm very pleased with both of them um, I thought Walker's been pretty pretty good for the last sort of 18 months and like I agree with Rob I thought Cancelo was very poor in the first half against Porto I don't know what he was doing for their goal but generally I'd still think he would be my first choice to play at left back over Mendy or Zinchenko so I, I don't know I'm not that worried about the defence I mean it hasn't looked brilliant but I've, I feel like the defence is on to something it, 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 it feels so strange to be saying this after the last few years but I'm not that worried about defence I am worried about going forward because I don't think we we don't look as savvy going forward as we were before and we're lacking natural finishes Are you, are you happy with the defence Tony? Well I think once we get Laporte and Diaz together I think that will be a fantastic centre half pairing but here we are four seasons later still without a uh, first choice left back meanwhile Angelino has uh, scored four goals in Germany and he's getting rave reviews. I, I just don't understand how we've spent, I think, £420 million on defenders and we're still having this conversation. And I suspect that's why we're playing Rodri and Gundogan in midfield to a certain extent to try and just shore up that defence. But I think if we get Laporte back, we'll be all right there. And I suspect, hopefully, we'll score more than we'll concede. You know, at the end of the day, did Edison have a single save to make in that game? I don't think he did, did he? They had two shots on target. One was the goal and the other one was blocked. So, you know, we didn't do too badly at the back, but people will continue to target and other teams will continue to target, I think, that left-back spot until we really settle down and work it out. But, yeah, I give Ake a run there and let's see what he can do. Uh, Rob, anything to add defensively? Obviously, players yeah. coming back. I mean... For a person of my age, it's not good to watch Edison because his distribution is sometimes suicidal, as it has been in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'd also like to make a comment about Garcia, uh, who I agree, it's strange they didn't let him go for £18 million. And I'm flabbergasted, flabbergasted that Tosin went for £2 million to to Fulham, uh, someone who would have uh, given his heart to stay at City. Uh, and so I, I, I don't understand that. I think Garcia lacks pace, uh, and that, I think that was shown at the weekend. Uh, and if he wants to go, he should have been allowed to go. And just can we say, while we're just talking about this, we, we should mark the death of Jeremy Whiston, yeah. who, who died after being released by City. That is a tragedy, a real tragedy puts life into perspective when someone like that can't cope with it anymore and we, we wish his family well. Absolutely. I mean, it was, it was on, my, on my list of things to, to talk about and, and you're right. I mean, uh, I, I guess we don't know all the circumstances. We know he was a young 17-year-old lad released by the club and I guess 
more needs to be done to support players coming out of the system, I guess, is, is what this says to us, doesn't it? And uh, yeah. as, you, as, you, as you rightly say, Rob, our, our thoughts are with his family and his friends at this terrible time for them. Um, indeed, um, I guess um, on that sad note, it's probably uh, a good time to take a quick break and, and we'll come back. We'll talk about Porto briefly uh, and then we'll look forward to Marseille uh, on Tuesday night and then Sheffield United at the weekend. And, and we'll be straight back after this. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back. Uh, listen, we've touched on Porto briefly, <laughs> one nil down. Uh, in the end, it was, uh, I guess, a, a game of two halves, as we've touched on already, and managed to, to get through fairly comfortably in the end. Joe, your, your quick reflections on, on Porto before we start talking about uh, the next fixture, which these are coming thick and fast at the moment, of course, about Marseille away, of course, on Tuesday night this week. Your, your brief reflections on the Porto game, Joe? Well, it's like you said, it was, it was the, the epitome of a game of two halves, wasn't it? I thought in the first half we were very poor. That goal we gave away, he took it very well. It was a good finish and he kept the ball. But they, it almost felt like a comedy of errors in the lead up to it. You know, Diaz annoyingly giving the ball away when he really shouldn't have done when there wasn't a great deal of pressure. And I, I, what Cancelo was doing when he went in and just put that little flick out rather than you know, really committing himself and going for a challenge was very frustrating to watch. Um, I thought we were well, similar to the first half against West Ham. I thought we were quite lethargic. You know, the, the general feeling was, why is no one really looking like they're trying to play for the shirts? But then in the second half, I thought we were, I thought we, I don't think we were excellent. I thought we were, we were okay. Um, obviously, Torres coming off the bench took his goal very well. And I'm very excited about him generally as a prospect. I think he's looked pretty good. Um, I was pleased Gundogan put that free kick in because I actually thought he both on Tuesday and actually despite what I've been saying about the formation I thought he was alright on Saturday as well I think he's a very classy player that works hard and does, a, does his best in the midfield and I thought that his, for him to score such an excellent free kick like that you know it's a credit to him as a player and it's, it's nice to see him get some you know some recognition because I think he's a bit underrated at times by fans um, but yeah no, I think you know we did what we needed to do um, we're in, uh, you know, I don't want to count my eggs before they hatch, but we're in what should be quite a winnable group. And that's that's potentially what we're going to be going for again this year, a bit like last season, because that, it seems to me that's Pep's big thing he wants to do with City. I mean, it's the, the ubiquitous question, isn't it, Tony, and City in the Champions League, it's the 
I'm like, I feel as though I ask this question almost every week, but uh, it's, it's a while since I've asked you the question, I think. And your thoughts about Pep and the Champions League? He's obviously failed to get past the quarterfinal stages with City. It's the, the monkey on our back, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we haven't won it. And uh, a lot of people saying that it's something we've really got to do and we've really, really got to progress. And as Joe says, this is a very winnable group. Um, your, your thoughts of the Champions League in, in general? Well, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. I think the Premier League has shown that all bets are off this season. There's been some extraordinary results there, and it'll be interesting to see whether Europe goes the same. Um, I think it'd be fair to say the powerhouses of Spain look to be on the wane. Clearly, we've got Bayern, who are a hugely impressive time team. Sorry, Juve may well have something to say, but I think if we can stay fit, if we can get our game together, if we get a bit of luck, I think we can go a long way in this competition. So we'll have to see. But look, let's get through the group. There's no reason we shouldn't do that. And then it's very much in the hands of the gods. But I just hope if we do go out, we go out fighting rather than that rather meek performance against Leon last year. But I'm looking forward to it this year. I think we do have a good chance. We've got a good chance, Rob, of winning it this year. Be good. Well, what, what I liked was... The, the fight going on on the touchline between the uh, Porto manager, who, whose name I can't remember, and Pep. And if people say that Pep isn't up for it anymore, you just want to have a look at that. I mean, he went several rounds with that unpleasant guy, and he came off the winner because the guy wouldn't shake hands with him. Uh, so, yeah, we've got a good chance, but... Um, it means being consistent and scoring goals and, uh, you know, and keeping people fit. And so looking forward to Tuesday night then, Rob, in terms of with that in mind of keeping people fit and scoring some goals and converting chances and I guess keeping, keeping clean sheets as well. Um, it's also about momentum as well, isn't it? A, a word that's used often in football as well. And City don't seem to have that momentum at the moment. It's a bit kind of stop-start, I guess. So to try yeah. and get back, what, what, what does Pep need to do? What do you see in terms of maybe team changes or the way he's going to set up? Do you expect changes? With, as I've already mentioned, we've had two games on the trot with exactly the same eleven, which I suspect is not going to happen on Tuesday night. But who knows? Who can second guess Pep? What are your thoughts? I think there's a structural problem. Uh, if you don't have uh, Jesus and you don't have Aguero, how do you how do you create uh, scoring opportunities? And that's why I think uh, Foden has to play and probably Torres has to play uh, in order to um, to address that. Um, but you know, you shouldn't we shouldn't underestimate Marseille. They've got a good manager, Villas Boas. Uh, you know, he's no slouch. Um, it's good that they lost their first game. Uh, I, I would not, uh, you know, I think people have said so many good things about Diaz. Diaz is the captain in the making of this team. And, and Bernardo is absolutely crucial to uh, energy in midfield. So uh, they all need to play as well. Uh, Joe, your your thoughts about the lineup and tactics against Marseille? I totally agree with Rob. I think that well, I think that three Portuguese lads have all got to start um, in order to bring a bit of 
energy and zip to the side. Um, obviously, I think we've, I think we're quite lucky that we're playing Marseille away without fans in the ground because that is a very intimidating ground to go to, and to the extent that that could have almost been a game that you point out, I think, oh, maybe we'll draw that one. But, you know, if we go there and play with the right formation, the right tactics, like Rob said, Foden and Torres in the team, bit of energy, bit of youth as well in there. I, I don't see why we can't go there and get three points. Um, they are obviously a very good side. They're well-managed. Villas-Boas is, like Rob was saying, a very good manager. I think that he's been quite underappreciated in this country, actually, after, obviously, because Chelsea and Tottenham at the time were both perhaps poison chalices of jobs. But I, I think it will be a very good game, and if we if we show up and show what we're about, I don't see why we can't go and get three points there. Are you feeling as confident, Tony? Well, I've got to be honest. I don't know too much about Marseille. I think they've had a pretty good start to the season, like us. They've only lost one game so far. But you know, look, the one thing you can say about a Pep team is that I can't see we'll go there and play for a, a drab nil-nil draw. So. Um, I'm sure there'll be goals in it. I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm going to set up the projector in the garden so I can have a few friends around and watch it. So coats and hot chocolate will be provided and uh, hopefully it'll be a good night. All right, I'll get, I'll get my coat. Uh, sounds sounds Ooh, like please do. I'll be delighted. Uh, listen, let, let's look forward to the weekend then against uh, uh, Kyle Walker's team, uh, Sheffield United. Uh, lunchtime kickoff on Saturday. Uh, Rob, your thoughts and reflections out of that then? I'm just looking at the league table. So mm-hmm. they've got one point. And, they have. Uh, and the goal difference is minus six, and they've conceded nine. So that is very encouraging. And <laughs> uh, so I'm looking forward to a good game uh, against them and a victory. Good. Short and sweet. Your thoughts then, Tony? It's a proper game of football, isn't it? Sheffield United versus Man City. It's, it's a, a throwback to a, a long gone decade. Listen, it's now it, it's strange, isn't it? We're sort of five games in now, and they all feel like must wins all of a sudden. So, look, we've got to go for it, and I think we can certainly play better. Let's hope they're not too leggy after a, a midweek European trip, which is always always difficult, and we shouldn't underestimate that. But there's enough quality in this squad. Laporte is in the travelling squad for tomorrow night, so hopefully he will be back and stay fit. So, you know, with a bit of luck, yes, three three points by Saturday lunchtime always helps. Yeah, we said that last Saturday lunchtime. It didn't quite work out. That <laughs> part, I seem to remember, but uh, I, know, I know what you mean. Yeah, and, and, and Joe, finally, your, your thoughts ahead of Sheffield United, Manchester City. Well. I- I think it's got the potential to be a good game. I thought we had an excellent result there last season when we went there midweek in January and beat them one 0 I thought, you know, they were a bit. Of, I thought they were a bit of a fresh, a breath of fresh air for the Premier League last year. I think that Wilder is it their manager. I think he's a very likable character, and I think he, he tries to make his teams play a decent game. Uh, but as Rob said, they've been quite dodgy at the back so far this season so there is a real opportunity to go for them. It's just a case of who we play up front because. You know, we could. If Sterling's um, form carries on from the other day, and or if he has too much to think about every time he gets a chance, I'm not as confident of us scoring goals. But you know, I, I think we can go there and get three points. Um, like, I think they. I think obviously, I think the one, the fact they're over, they've only got a point is a little misleading, perhaps. Because I thought they were very unlucky not to get at least a draw against Liverpool at the weekend, and I think they they are 
the team that they, they might drop points, but you think like all it takes is a good result against us on Saturday and they could be really on to something. But I don't know. It, it, it's a very hard one to predict Sheffield United away. Um, they say it's a proper game of football, but I don't know. If we can, if we, again, it's the same thing I've said about Marseille, really. If we play a formation with a lot of high energy and a lot of high pressing, we really go for it, I, I think we'll win. All right, well, listen, uh, Marseille to get out the way first, of course, Tuesday night away, and then, as we've just been discussing, Sheffield United again away, 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. Um, thank you very much to my three guests, to Joe Doherty, to Tony Newcross, and to Rob Bell and CTID. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network.